This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. And we got a little something different today. It's just me, no Kip, no Rusty, and uh, it's not going to be that way for long uh, because we've got Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher Report, going to let him, uh, at the beginning of our interview, kind of explain what he's got going on. He has branched out on his own uh, and is doing uh, basically NFL draft coverage year-round. I've checked it out. It's awesome. You guys should go give it a try, especially if, if you're very interested and uh, in the NFL draft, and, and he's going to turn it into a 12-month, 365-day thing. Um, he's got some really interesting stuff uh, going on in, in terms of in some creative stuff too uh, going on there. And, and he's going to he's going to kind of explain some of that. And uh, basically, I had a couple things, a couple topics I wanted to hit uh, before we jump into that interview. And uh, starting with the with the happenings over the weekend, and uh, obviously Charlton Warren uh, is on his way out, uh, going to be the new defensive coordinator at Indiana. I think that's a great hire. I think he's going to do a good job at Indiana. I think he did a really good job at Georgia. You can debate all day long about how well Georgia's secondary played in 2019 as opposed to 2020, uh, You know, especially with those guys getting a year older and some of those guys coming back. But, uh, you know, he, he recruited the position well. Um, I think that, you know, when you look back, I think you if you were to go back and watch the film and break it down heavily, you would find that, that Georgia kind of trusted its defensive backs in a way in, in 2020 with those guys being more experienced, maybe put more pressure on them. But at the end of the day, I, I still think Charlton Warren did a fine job, but, but it leaves Georgia with a vacancy. And it's something I wrote about this morning over at Dogs 24-7 how it's a, it's an opportunity for the Bulldogs. Not necessarily to go out and just get this guy that's going to be head and shoulders better coach or or better recruiter, but but an opportunity for the players, for guys like Amir Speed and William Poole, uh, even for guys that have been around a year, Jalen Kimber and, and, and Keely Ringo and, and guys like that, because ultimately they get a fresh set of eyes. They get a chance to make a new impression. They truly get an opportunity to turn over a new leaf and and get a chance to to be the best version of themselves uh, for a new defensive backs coach. And that, that that's something that could really benefit Georgia in a time where, where both cornerback positions are going to need to be filled, uh, both sub-package positions, the, the, the star and the money, the, the nickel and the dime respectively, need to be filled. And, and, and that's something that, that I think can really – uh, help this defense out some and, and, and maybe put a charge into those guys who are having to, um, to, having to uh, vie for a starting job starting uh, th- this spring. You know, you got everything going on at Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt's been fired. Tennessee says it's for calls. Uh, other guys let go. You're looking at Shelton Felton, former uh, head coach there at Crisp County High School. Uh, who who took a job with the Tennessee staff and 
Um, you know, Kevin Steele's the the interim head coach there, second second interim head coaching job or, or coach uh, for now type job that he's had in like three weeks for crying out loud. What a whirlwind that's been. And, uh, you know, th- there's not a whole lot we can get into as far as that because there's just a lot we don't know. Pruitt's going to fight it. Uh, former Georgia uh, uh, defensive coordinator and, and did a really good job at Georgia. Um, folks can kind of debate all they want about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I think, you know, some of that has merit. A lot of it doesn't, especially the most extreme stuff. And, uh, you know, right now, you know, you look at you look at Georgia in the SEC East, and and to me, it's, it's Georgia, Florida, and then a big gap before you get to everybody else. And the, this draft is going to show you that. And next draft is going to show you that. And, and, and probably the next one, too. And, uh, you know, I think that's it's, – it's definitely a sting for the SEC East in terms of overall, uh, overall strength of, the, of that side of the conference. Uh, but, but it puts, I think, maybe even a little bit more pressure on Georgia to make sure that, that it is dominating the East because Georgia has recruited so much better than Florida. Florida's had a ton of turmoil this offseason as well, nowhere near what Tennessee's had. But coaches leaving, um, you know, kind of having to redo the defensive staff, maybe that's a good thing for the Gators, but they, they've lost some big-time players, lost three games in a row to end the season. And all of a sudden, whereas Florida was, was the media darling, and, and ultimately rightly so because the Gators did win the SEC East and, and kind of slapped Georgia around in the process. I hope that doesn't make anybody mad, but it's just the truth. And Georgia had its chances to get back into that game, but ultimately the Gators won the SEC East this past year, and, and you know a lot of people you know predicted that. They were the predicted winner of the SEC East coming into the season by the media. Media got that right. I think the media is on a little bit of a of a win streak there as far as picking the the teams that are going to represent the conference, uh, at least getting one of those right. Uh, but but you know now the SEC East is uh, it's you know you you thought coming into last season that Tennessee might be on the up and up and and obviously weren't in behind the scenes as evidenced by the. By the firing of for cause of Jeremy Pruitt, but just that little win streak at the end of the year, when a couple games to start the year, uh, you know that game in Athens, uh, you know, in, in week, you know, what was it, week three, um, seemed or week two, whatever it was, that seemed to be such a big, big game uh, for Georgia. It was actually, yeah, it wasn't week three because Georgia had Auburn in week two. Um, you know that that game was 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 billed as a big one. And now when Georgia plays Tennessee next year, there's not going to be as much intrigue around that game because of the, the, the players that Tennessee has lost, the fact that the coaching staff is is in shambles right now, and, and really interested to see who, who the volunteers hire. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously we, we've talked about this on the last couple podcasts, the, the guys leaving, the guys coming back. And, uh, you know, I know it's it may have gotten a little bit redundant um, because we, we kind of tried to update you as it went along. We didn't want to wait until everybody had made their decision, but but now it's final. Nobody can surprise you now. The the deadline is passed, and uh, and nothing can happen. And and with that there, with there being no changes, uh, we wanted to catch up with Matt Miller because Matt, listen guys, this guy does as good a job as anybody. And uh, you know this is an interview that that we recorded uh, a couple days ago, and he does as good a job as anybody at at breaking down film. And not only that, he doesn't just trust himself. He does you know do his own stuff, but he talks to GMs, he talks to scouts. He's been at this a long time, and he's going to have some really cool information for you here in just a minute. 
about what's going on with, with Georgia players, the buzz about them going into the draft, and and uh, the buzz on some of the guys coming back, Jordan Davis and Amir White. And I'm uh, going to go ahead and uh, let's go to that right now. And then on the other side, we're going to close it up and talk to you guys a little bit about kind of what to expect here in the coming weeks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in Matt Miller uh, to the Junkyard Dogcast. Matt, NFL Draft Analyst at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. Uh, one of the best out there. I've followed Matt's work for years. Uh, he, he is... He's he's entertaining, but it's not it's not like I said any flashier than it than it needs to be. It's just straight analysis, no super hot takes, no doing stuff to get attention. He just it's analysis, it's draft buzz. Um, I feel like following Matt, it gets funner as the draft gets closer. And uh, I, I, the guy I have a lot of respect for. And Matt you used to be, be at Bleacher Report, and and you were there for a long time. But you're doing something new now. And before we dig into anything else as far as it relates to Georgia, just tell us what you got going on right now. Yeah, Jake, thanks for having me on, man. Like I said, I was at BR for a long time, uh, 10 years there as the lead NFL and NFL draft writer. And then this past summer, I really just looked at the landscape of sports journalism and the direction that everyone's going and wanted to do my own thing. I want to give draft fans the coverage that I think they deserve 365 days a year. So I've launched my own site called thedraftscout.com. Now, like everything these days, I mean, we all got to get fed, right? So it is uh, going to be a small subscription fee, seven bucks a month. Uh, but you're going to get mock drafts, big boards, scouting reports. Like you said, draft buzz. Uh, my weekly scouting notebook column really goes into a lot of that. But then it's not just that. I really want to get back to like building that community. Uh, and so there's going to be Zoom happy hours, scouting clinics that you can jump in on Zoom. We're actually right now, I had over 400 people sign up for a mock draft that we're going to do live, dude. We're going to hop in a Zoom call with... 32 general managers and we're going to run through the first round of the NFL draft with real GMs on the clock and, and there's gonna be trades it's gonna be crazy so I'm really excited for that but uh, the articles will start February 11th and, and I'm going to start things off with a complete seven round mock draft I'm sure we'll see a lot of Georgia Bulldogs in that one but uh, I love this stuff it's, it's all I think about it's all I do and I just I'm really excited to get back to doing the type of content that I know draft fans have an appetite for. Yeah, and I've always felt this way that that the NFL draft is just the roster building aspect of it. It's the the parallels, the clear parallels between that and recruiting are there, and both are boom industries. I mean, both just seem like yep. they're never going to stop growing. They're never going to stop being interesting. And uh, and and for those of you who love the NFL draft, who love recruiting, who have dabbled in the NFL draft, uh, I would encourage you to take a look because uh, I can't speak highly enough about Matt's work. And and really, uh, hopefully, you guys get a get an idea of that as as we kind of run through some stuff here and talk about Georgia. And Matt, before I jump into how Georgia could fare in this 2021 NFL draft, I wanted to first ask you about the guys who elected to come back for Georgia because I, I feel like there have been a couple drafts here in a row where you had some guys, guys jump and you had some guys maybe leave and, and they shouldn't have, or, or those decisions looked ill-advised on the surface, but none of us know their personal circumstances. But Georgia this year seems to have gotten more of the impact guys back they would, than they have in the past. 
and and you know JT Daniels uh, obviously that that seemed like a no brainer but again ill advised decisions are not foreign to Georgia when it comes to <laughs> the NFL draft uh, but JT Daniels Jordan Davis Zamir White James Cook uh, what do you think of those guys and and their decision to come back and and maybe what kind of impact it could have on Georgia because you're you're a football guy too you're not just a draft guy. Right. I mean, I'm a college football guy through and through. And I think the biggest surprise out of that group was Jordan Davis. Uh, there was a lot of talk that he would come out. I had a lot of people, I had a lot of agents ask, I had a lot of scouts ask, hey, what do you think of this guy? What have you heard? I really thought that Jordan was going to declare. And I, I thought there was a good chance that he could be a first round pick. So it wasn't a surprise that he decided to go back. I mean, it's a good decision for him. I think he can only improve his draft stock, but that one was a surprise. Um, I, was, I was happy to see Zamir White, go back, I think, next year. You know, obviously, he and James Cook are such a dynamic duo in the backfield. But I think Zamir White has a chance to be really special. I know there's talk about he, he and Brees Hall being the two top running backs for 2022. So there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of pressure on him, but a, a big spotlight as well. And, and I love his game. He mentioned JT Daniels. This was the right decision to go back. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a young guy, even as a transfer player. Um, he needs more film. He really does. And this is a very, very crowded quarterback class with guys like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, uh, Kyle Trask. So JT going back, I think, was really the right call for him. And I don't know what you guys had coming in, uh, but it, it seemed like this past year watching, whether it was Stetson Bennett or other people, that JT is the best quarterback in that room. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition uh, for him unless there's a stud recruit that you would know better than anybody uh, if somebody's coming in. But I, I think you have to be really happy with those guys, especially on offense, to have that much coming back uh, from players who were draft eligible and then, you know, obviously, I'm a huge George Pickens fan. Uh, excited to see him for another year. So I, I think y'all, you know, you got a shot, um, even with kind of a younger offensive line, to be a really, really good offense next year. Now, let's look at the guys um, that are, are planning on coming out. And, and one I want to get to you first, and this would not be Georgia fans' first pick. I think this is kind of a forgotten man as far as coming out early. But Trey Hill, um, he made the decision to come out. What do you think of that decision, and, and what do you think about Trey Hill as a prospect? Yeah, you know, I I didn't have him ranked, uh, I'll be honest, because I didn't expect him to come out, um, especially with the, the injury there. So that that surprised me. Um, you know, as a, a center prospect, he, I pulled my notes up on him, actually. As a center prospect, like I mean, he has the body type that you want. You know, it's that squat, 6'4", 325, 330. Um, but I will, I will be quite honest, he was not a, a ranked player for me. So I was surprised when he came out. So he's somebody that I am going to have to go now and do the work on and try to figure out where he fits in this group of really good offensive linemen. Um, he, him declaring, like I said, it, it was a surprise. But I do think the center class, I mean, after you get through, you know, Landon Dickerson got hurt, so that affects it. But it's really it's Creed Humphrey. Um, and I think with Trey, I, I don't want to say, you know, like a round grade on a player like that or anything where I haven't studied him in depth. But um, I, I was definitely caught off guard when he when he decided to jump. But I, I think it, at center, it's such a, a shallow class that someone like that, has an opportunity the reason i hesitate there a little bit is because i don't think we're gonna have a combine so normally that's where i would say right here well we get to the combine let's see how he moves around let's see how he works we'll, you know kind of figure that out but there's not a combine this year or there, there probably won't be a combine this year so that makes that difficult for a guy who especially with an injury where you got to try to figure out what he's what he's going to be and what he can do i'll tell you what a little on air uh info share here uh it's not going to surprise me, man, if if Trey ends up getting more buzz as a guard. I had a lot of snapping issues at Georgia um, yeah. and, and kind of calmed those down, you know, last half of this season. But, you know, probably uh, I want to say he made uh, 
22 starts at center, I would say probably, you know, seven, eight uh, bad snap issues, you know, in terms of hurting Georgia, maybe a little less than that. And then you know, there was some of that. So I'm not going to be surprised if he actually ends up at guard uh, because, again, he has the body type to do that and do it at a high level too. Um, okay, so looking more towards uh, – let, let's start with guys who injured, uh, entered. And uh, as far as that goes, I think it kind of centers around three guys in terms of big-time, potential big-time uh, uh, NFL prospects, and that's Aziz Ojolari, Eric Stokes, and Tyson Campbell. Um, what, what's kind of the buzz on those guys and, and your thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, with the the corners, you know, with Eric Stokes, uh, there's definitely <clears> – <throat> and with Tyson Campbell, you know, there's definitely a lot of buzz around those guys. I think Eric Stokes has probably the – the highest ceiling out of the two of those. And he is the player who's getting a lot more love from scouts right now. Um, I, I've know one team that said they thought Stokes could be a second round player. Um, so there is a lot of like for him out there amongst teams. Um, I, I think with Aziz Ojolari, like I said, he is so quick off the ball, excuse me. And he perfectly fits that mold of what teams are wanting. So I have him as the highest ranked Georgia player in this class. Um, since Jordan Davis decided to go back to school, uh, I think he has a shot to be a late first, early second round uh, type player. It's just, it is a little bit of a loaded edge class. There's not that top top tier guy like a Nick Bosa or, or Chase Young, but it's it's really deep. And you know you got a couple guys at Miami. You've got uh, Osai at Texas, uh, Quiddy Pay at Michigan. Like they're all right there in that same group with Ojolari. And so I think again as an underclassman, he's not going to get to go to the Senior Bowl. We don't know if there's going to be a combine, so his opportunities to pop are going to be more pro day related. But I think you watch the film. And he looks like a first round player. And, and so much for me is the speed rush ability for him, but also the way that he uses his length is really, really special. And, and he's young. I mean, there's a, a lot left here, you know, for him to, to try to grow and figure out. I wouldn't be surprised if he bulks up a little bit, but I think with this edge class, a lot of those guys I mentioned are going to be four, three defensive ends. I actually think Aziz works best standing up or rushing the quarterback. So those teams that are running a three, four, you know, like, like Georgia loves to do, uh, that's going to be a great, great fit for him because you want him standing up in that in that jack position. Uh, you want him off of the tackle. You know, he's not going to be a, let me get down in a six technique and, and beat you with my power. I think as a speed rusher, he might be the best pure speed rusher in this draft class because there's a lot of these guys, you know, Pay and Osai, the two kids at Miami, they're both in the 255, 265 range. So him coming in at, at you know, 240, 245, he's going to profile best is, is that, you know, wide technique type rusher. Now, one thing I want to ask you here, and and kind of it's almost a little bit of a rabbit trail. Georgia plays so many guys in the front seven. It even affects, I think, Jordan Davis some. Where you know you'll look and they'll play twenty guys on a, on defense in in any given game, and most of those guys are rotating in the front seven. And then you see a guy like Aziz Ojolari, who you speak so highly of, needed three sacks in his final game. Um, to to get to 8.5 on the year to get to eight and a half and and not put up the big numbers does that does that affect their stock at all among team among the I know it does maybe among the people who are evaluating and doing mock drafts and things like that does it affect yeah. it does it affect their stock at all among the people actually making the decision I don't think so if it's because of that if it's because you're you're sharing reps then it doesn't because you, you just basically boil it down and, and you're like okay how many snaps did Aziz play, what's his production relative to those snaps, you know? And so you can almost look at, you know, like a ratio of snaps to pressures and, and do it that way. So, I mean, you're right, you know, that whether it's an analyst who's doing it for the media or doing it for a team, we're all prone to bias. We're all prone to momentum with a player. You get excited about things. 
And, and you also, that goes the other way. You know, you can be down on a player and, and you look for reasons to be down on a guy. And that's definitely something that's going to come up. It's going to come up more on Twitter. There's going to come up in, in draft rooms, you know, oh my God, this guy only had, you know, whatever, eight and a half sacks or, or what, whatever that might be. In this, in this year, I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue because you got teams like Ohio State that only played eight games. You've got teams at, at the Pac-12 that didn't play a full schedule. So really the, the statistics this year just aren't a good argument for any player because everyone's numbers were thrown off this year by the lack of a schedule. Now, if I tried to name all the guys off the top of my head that are going to be playing in the Senior Bowl for Georgia, um, <laughs> it, it might take me a little while. I mean, there, there, are, there are going to be a lot of Gs in the Senior Bowl um, you, you probably have a pretty good idea of the guys that are there. Uh, who do you think has a chance to help themselves out the most who, who is playing in that game? Because I want to say there are seven uh, Bulldogs in that game. You know, Mark Webb, Richard LeCount, Malik Herring, Ben Cleveland, uh, yeah. Trey McKitty, Monty Rice. I don't think I missed anybody. Maybe I, oh, DJ Daniel. Who do you think can DJ, help themselves yeah. the most? I was going to say DJ is kind of the guy that I like the best out of that group. And I, I like those guys a lot. I mean, Monty Rice is a heck of a player. Ben Cleveland's so much fun to watch. But I think DJ Daniel has an opportunity to just showcase what he can do in coverage, you know, because we talked about, you know, Stokes and, and Campbell. That's a loaded group. And so I think that'll be, you know, there's going to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities for him that week. And that's huge. That's key to show that you can hang in man coverage. He's obviously got the body type, you know, six one buck 90. He's fit for the position. So I think he, he could have a very, very good week. Uh, is it's a hard the senior bowl is hard for linebackers and, and i think when monty rice a play, that's a man i've really loved watching him over the last three years the senior bowl is not the best event for that and it's going to be a pretty pretty good group down there of senior linebackers but i would not be surprised if he makes some money that week it, it goes back to athleticism that's so much of what excuse me that's so much of what that position has become is can you do you have the range to play outside the tackle box can you cover so he's going to be put under a little bit of a spotlight as far as that goes. I mean, that's the, the drills that you're going to ask him to do that week. It's all going to be, can you run outside the tackle box? Can you cover? How do your hips look? What does your footwork like? So I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about Monty Rice a little bit more coming out of the senior bowl, but it is, it's a, it's a great group of Georgia players. And, you know, Ben Cleveland's strength alone is going to excite people. Um, I think his massive size is going to, you know, be something that you notice. It's hard to overlook a guy like that on the field. So, um, you know, wherever Ben Cleveland is, he, he tends to stand out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again in Mobile. Yeah, and, and you know, Georgia fans should know better than anybody. You can send an offensive lineman to Mobile like Isaiah Wynn. And Isaiah Wynn probably became a first-rounder in, in Mobile. I mean, yeah. just, just that per performance out there. I was looking back, I, when I, when I was, whenever we shared numbers, I, I, I looked and I saw a text that I had sent to you while you were out there. You didn't answer because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably had like <laughs> – a thousand coming in a day, but yeah. uh, I was asking, I was like, is Isaiah Wynn actually having that good of good of a, a, a showing out there? And apparently he did because, you know, he, I, I remember a draft night. I was like, wow, first round. I never expected that. Um, is, is that, is that the position maybe because of all the one-on-ones that can really take a, you know, take a jump in, in mobile? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think corners and wide receivers, but also offensive tackles and pass rushers because, Man, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been down there, but when you get to those one-on-ones, like it's like a hush comes over the crowd and everybody focuses on it. And so, you know, I've seen guys, Isaiah Wynn, we saw Eric Fisher do it. I mean, there's been a lot of players who go down there and like, you know, they're good, but they, they make themselves a lot of money. And I think for Isaiah, it was so important because he answered questions about arm length. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's kind of short. How well is he going to be able to hold up against speed rushers? Uh, and he, he did really, really good against the speed rushers down there. And obviously the Patriots liked what they saw and drafted him in the first round. So, 
I, I do think that 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 is a spot where with offensive tackles, you they're hard to evaluate on film sometimes because you you're so caught up in the scheme. You don't always know what they're asked to do. You don't always know what the protection calls are. But in mobile, it's just one on one. Let's just see what you can do. Let's see how athletic you are. Let's see your, your reach. Let's see your recovery ability. And and I think that's why those guys stand out a little bit more. I had a scout tell me one time that one of the things he likes to look at um, when watching offensive linemen in Mobile is the fact that you can watch you can watch offensive linemen. You're like, all right, this guy this guy's got needs to clean up some things technique wise, but he's still winning. And if the guy, yep. if you're sitting there watching him and it's like, well, you know, yeah, he's playing with his feet too close together or, you know, his hand placement's, you know, awful and he's still winning, then you've probably got a little something to work with there because he's actually making that happen. Uh, l- let me uh, let me ask you before I let you go, man, um, of the guys coming back to Georgia, obviously not Jordan Davis uh, because, you know, you obviously seem to like him a lot. Who, yeah. do you, who do you know of, you know, as far as on Georgia's roster that you – you know, maybe this year, maybe next year. I know you don't really evaluate non-draft eligible guys, but you do watch the sport right. a lot. Is there any names that that have kind of caught your eye, or, or, or you know, or you've heard about that that are big, are potential big-time draft prospects for Georgia? Yeah, you know, off the top of my head, I know the the two safeties, the two young safeties, are are big-time players. Uh, was it Lewis Stein? Uh, yes, yeah, scene. Yeah, scene. Yeah, that, I know that that name has popped up quite a bit. I mean, I'm saying I said George Pickens earlier. That's the big one. Like, I, I think. You know, we saw some of that when Jake Fromm was there, but if the passing game can become consistent, I think Pickens could be a really good NFL player, uh, a good NFL prospect. The size is absolutely there. You know, the route running is there, the concentration's there. So I really like George Pickens. Uh, I think if I had to look ahead to, you know, Georgia's draft class next year, it would probably be Jordan Davis at the top, uh, George Pickens second, and then I would say Zamir White third. I really do like his ability. Uh, his game is just it's tailor-made for the NFL right now. You know, that one cut downhill ability, the speed is there. So those are the three guys that I kind of have circled for next year to look ahead. And, and you're right. It's, you know, I start looking ahead in a, about early April, trying to figure out what the next year's class is going to look like. But you're always aware of these guys, because whether you're just watching on Saturday or breaking the film down after the fact, like they, they definitely show up. Yeah, you can tell I'll follow you on Twitter because I've seen you at least a thousand times uh, tell people. I only, I only evaluate, <laughs> you know, cause they'll ask you about right. a freshman and you're like, I only evaluate guys who are, who are going to be draft eligible, man. I really appreciate you coming on folks. You can find them at, at NFL draft scout on Twitter. Um, and real quick, your site again, just so everybody knows how to get yeah. there. New site. It's the and the articles start February 11th, but all the fun stuff like the zoom happy hours and scouting clinics and stuff like that is going on right now. Hey Matt, thanks a lot, man. You're the man. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Have a good day. You too. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
All right. So great stuff from Matt. Uh, one of the things that kind of caught me, uh, or not necessarily caught me, but but just kind of one of the things that kind of uh, moved me about that whole thing was was the way he talked about Zamir White right there with Brees Hall, maybe one of the top two backs um, in next year's class. Um, you know, I, I'm a guy. I'm I'm a little bit of a Zamir White stand, I would say. Uh, you know, I, I've I've kind of been at it with with the folks over at the Dogs 24/7 Junkyard. Uh, all season long about White and his ability and, and, and kind of the fact that I still think the best football uh, of his career is ahead of him. And, and you know, again, I've, I've mentioned this a couple times since the Peach Bowl, but that 12-yard run was one of the more 12 one of the more impressive 12-yard runs uh, you'll find. Uh, looking forward for Georgia, I think that the guys who decided to come back right now and the guys we talked about, the Jordan Davis – you know, we didn't get into Jamari Sawyer, but he's another guy. Uh, Zamir White, James Cook, uh, JT Daniels, obviously. Those are the types of guys that, that that getting them back is paying off right this moment. Georgia's in, in starting winter workouts this week, and those winter workouts are the precursor to, to, uh, to uh, uh, spring drills, and we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but you kind of feel like there's a very good chance that they're going to get something in. And when you talk about veteran leadership and guys who who made the decision to come back, listen, I don't think it gets talked about enough that when a guy, excuse me, when a guy decides to come back, there's a reason for it. And the reason for it is, you saw it in a hashtag over and over again, unfinished business. And, uh, that that kind of stuff is what really pays off during the tough times when you're trying to figure out all right what what is um how does this work you know how 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 do we get this thing going how do we get off to the best start to the off season as possible and you do that with guys who have a real big time sense of urgency the guys who maybe have a little skin in the game so to speak because they turn down a chance to go make money to come back and try and win a championship and try to do something special. We saw that happen in 2017 when, when you know, listen, everybody talks about Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, and those guys were the ones who produced on the field. Correct. No doubt about it. Those are the two icons from that team along with Roquan Smith. But Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter, they were the the alpha males on that defense, and you saw it. I mean, in, in two of the biggest games of the season, Davin Bellamy comes through with – with a strip sack, uh, first time against Notre Dame to basically win the game, and the second time against Auburn in the SEC championship game to turn the tide. Everybody forgets Auburn was a, Auburn was on its way to going in for a 14-0 lead at that point. Bellamy gets the strip sack. Georgia gets the touchdown. That sparks a 28-0 run for the Bulldogs in that game. They win 28-7, uh, punch their ticket to the Rose Bowl. You look at some of the plays that were made in that game uh, you know, by Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle and – Listen, that this is where it starts. It starts right now with those guys that decided to come back, and, and it starts in these workouts, that extra rep, that that extra throwing session, whatever it takes to kind of get the team ready. And I really appreciate Matt coming on to talk about some of the talent Georgia brought back, and and you know to get back those emotional leaders. Something that Matt's not doesn't really dig into, but to get back those emotional leaders and those those uh, leaders by example, I think is huge. For the Bulldogs, I uh, hope we're going to be able to come back to you later this week with all three of us. But th- for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7, and you guys take it easy. 